Ah, uh, it's good, right? It's good. Celebrations are always a fun time. And I'm glad we get to celebrate with you today. If um, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Steve Cunningham. I'm the lead uh, pastor here at Wellhouse. Excited to be here with you. We came in October, and um, I really thought it'd be warmer here. I'm, uh, <laughs> we, we can't, we, yeah, so, and I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the worst of it, right? The cold and the heat. Uh, but we are really, really excited uh, to walk along this path with you all. We started just a few weeks ago talking about this idea. We're wrapping it up today. This idea of going from here to there, and I don't know where your from here to there is. I don't know what that looks like for you, but maybe you're here from there is like you're cl so close to retirement and yet it feels so far away, right? And you're just like, oh man, some of you are like, mm, amen, right? It's the best thing you've said since you got here, Pastor. Um, some of you, you're, you're, you're trying to figure it out, right? In the next five years or 10 years, you want to get to that place where you can finally retire and travel the world. Some of you are trying to figure out how to raise kids, right? You're trying to get from here to there, right? And some of them are small and some of our teens, you're just trying to figure out how to manage life and not end the life, right? I mean, that's all you're trying to do. You're trying to figure out how to get from here to there. Some of you, you're in a relationship and that relationship has been anything but smooth and you're trying to figure out how to get from here to there where it's back to bliss again, right? Where it's back to loving. You're trying to figure it out. Some of you are trying to figure out how to get from here to there with, with your personal health, right? You've looked at, you're like, all right, this is the year, this is the year I'm gonna do it, right? And you're trying to figure out how to get from here to there. As, as we looked at this uh, idea of Wellhouse being a church, we, we looked at this idea from to how to get from here to there. Where is God calling us to it? How do we get there? The three things over the last three weeks we've looked at is this idea of belong, bless, and become. Belong, bless, and become. And this idea of belonging is, is really that we more than welcome people, that we want them, that, that it's, it's stronger than saying, hey, you know, you could come if you want to, but we're incomplete without you. Have you ever been at a place where it's like, listen, I, I, if, if I didn't show up, they, they're counting on me. That's the kind of place that Wellhouse longs to be as we go from here to there. But that also takes this, this idea of ownership, that it's not just a place I go to, but it's a place where I belong, where I'm plugged in, where I'm a part of things. The natives are restless, they're having fun, and that's okay. <laughs> when the natives are restless, you just take cover, okay? It's all right, we're good. <laughs> If I start running, you start running. I got six kids, so I'm just saying. <laughs> the second part of this is that we bless, right? In a family context, it's not all about you. You've learned that already, right? When you're a kid, it's all about you and all the things that you want. But as an adult, right, we learn that it's not all about us and we begin to bless other people. And we look for opportunities to bless other people. And we want to equip you to be able to do this in small and meaningful ways. Today, you'll notice in the very back, 
We have some things that you can drop by. You know some people who maybe are under the weather. We have some tissues and we have some soap and it says, soaping you feel better soon from us because we're punny like that or being sick really blows, right? Listen, if you know some people at work or you know some people part of a church or you know a neighbor, drop it off and let them know that you love and care about them because we want to be a place Listen, it's not looking to be blessed back. We just want to bless other people because that's what Christ did for us. Last week, we talked about this idea of becoming, of becoming, that God doesn't leave us in the place that we were in, thank God. That's the reason why I don't go back to my 25th high school reunion. There's people be like, you turned out to be a pastor? Did they let anybody do that? I mean, what? God brought me a mighty long way, right? And he will do, listen, if he's not already, he will do the same for you. That he wants you to become more like him. And he's not done, and that's the great thing for me too. That we are not done yet becoming more like Christ. So I don't care if you're six or 66, Christ is still working on you to become his image bearer here on earth. And that's what we want to be about at Wellhouse. We want to be a place where we help you transform more into Christ. But here's the challenge. The world has changed a lot in the last 22 months, hasn't it? I mean, the world has changed a lot. The world was already changing, truth be told. There were a lot of things already happening, but it was like an accelerant to the fire. Political tensions got high. Racial tensions got high. Social media tensions, did they get high? Come on now. You're not asleep on me already, are you? I haven't even gotten to the boring stuff yet. School systems have changed. How many of you had to help somebody figure out how to do school online? Wasn't that fun, right? Church attendance has declined, as well as those who identify as a Christian. In the two years since the pandemic, an estimated 60,000 churches in the United States closed their doors. The Barna Group, a Barna Group is, is really this, this group of people who polls and helps us understand what's happening in the faith-based community. They report that one in three Christians have stopped attending church altogether, and just one in four Americans, 25%, claim that they're a practicing Christian. That's a significant decline. A lot has changed in the past 22 months. But I want to say that even though that's where we are, and maybe a lot has changed in your past 22 months, or maybe it's just been the past two months, where you look back and you think, man, this is, this is I wasn't expecting this. I, didn't, I know I was going to have to deal with this. I want you to know you're not alone. Sometimes we face things that we were not anticipating in life, And that's not new. May 14th, 1804. How many of you remember that date? Okay. Joking. May 14th, 
1804 was the day that Thomas Jefferson gave about four dozen men the quest to go out into the Louisiana territory at the time and explore the West. And he gave them the the following ideas that you need to go out and you need to look at the terrain, you need to look at the resources, you need to look at the land, you need to plot it out, you need to see what's out there. And the main objective of their mission was to find the way that the Missouri River would go all the way to to the Pacific Ocean. That was their quest. And so he charged this group of four dozen men led by Lewis and Clark and he cast them out and they took with them what they knew would be valuable because it was valuable for all of the East. They took canoes because everywhere you needed to go in the East, you'd jump on the river and you'd take your canoe and you'd, you'd get there. Eventually you'd follow the water and it would find you to wherever you needed to be. 15 months into the expedition, as they began to surface a horizon, Clark looks up and he sees the Rocky Mountains. Ain't no water streaming up that way. 15 long months hiking and sacrificing over and over and over again to realize we have a mountain still in front of us and no easy way to get around it. And as he looks at the mountain, he, he says this as he pins in his journal, it's the most horrendous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Can I ask you something? Have you been there before? I mean, you were working and working and working. You were investing things and investing time and investing in people. And you were plodding along and, and sacrificing the whole way. And then you looked up and you're like, now what? Now what, now what lays in front of this? The most horrendous thing that could have happened. And here they are. And they could have decided at that moment, you know what? It's not worth it. We're just going to go back and say, listen, the land you bought, junk. (laughs) Give it back to France. But you know what they did instead? They broke down their canoes because canoes don't work in mountains. They abandoned what they previously knew for a new adventure that would lead them to a whole new world. Let those words sink in for a minute. They broke down what they previously knew to grab a hold of something that laid ahead. (laughs) The rest of their time, you know what they used? Horses. You know what they weren't familiar with? Horses. You know what they really weren't familiar with? Horses on mountains. It wasn't easy but they did it. Here's the thing. In uncharted territory, adaption, dependence on the Spirit, and unwavering determination in Christ is everything. It's everything. 
It's all you need for whatever challenge, whatever rocky mountain range that, that is right there in front of you. That's all you need. A willingness to adapt to the situation. It's not working. It's not working. And it's not going to work. Sometimes you just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to have to leave the canoes behind and jump on a whole new method to make this work. But I'm going to do so with the dependence of the Holy Spirit and an unwavering determination in Christ because it's everything. The story of Lewis and Clark reminds me a lot of the story of Moses leading the people out of Egypt. We sang that song a little bit ago. And the Israelites were held captive in Egypt for a long time as slaves. And eventually God frees his people through Moses and Aaron. And he begins to lead them out of the wilderness. And after some time in the wilderness, he says, listen, I want you to commission 12 people. Story starts to sound familiar, doesn't it? And I want you to tell them to go into the land and I want you to survey the scene and see what the resources are, see what the people are, come back and tell us what, what it's like over there. Man, this story sounds familiar. And so they go and they survey the scene in Numbers chapter 13. This is what it says. Maybe if my phone wants to do this here today. Oh, who has it in written form? There we go. Here we are. Here we are. This is what they says in verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron, the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. And they reported them to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. And they gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's this fruit. And I said, listen, it's amazing. It's everything you could ever want it to be. However, the people there are powerful, and the city's fortified, and it's very large. And we even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. They all live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. And basically what they're saying is, listen, it's amazing, but it never gonna happen. There's way, there's way too many obstacles. This isn't gonna work out for us. Then Caleb, one of the 12 spies says this. He silenced the people before Moses. He said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we could certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread out, listen to this, and they spread out among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. Stop right there for a minute. Have you ever been in a situation where it got sabotaged before it even started. Where it's like all of a sudden the dissenters were around. You're like, hey, I have an idea. What if we do this? And everybody was like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they started talking to everybody else. They're like, no, 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 it's really bit. You've been there before? Listen, have you done, you don't even have to raise your hand. I won't even call you out. Have you done that before? Can I tell you something? Words have the power of life and death. 
Say that with me. Words have the power of life and death. Now look at the person sitting next to you right now and tell them, words have the power of life and death. See, the reason why I want you to do that is this. Through growing up years, you know what you were told? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but, but you know that that's not true. Listen, you know that's not true. You know why? Because you can recall the things that somebody said about you and something that somebody said to you like it happened yesterday. And it plays over and over and over again in your mind because words have the power of life and death. So be careful how you use them. I remember growing up in church and we used to sing, oh, be careful little mouth what you say. Oh, you sang that song too. And it was because the father up above is looking down in love. And I believe that's true. But you know what else I believe? Words have the power of life and death. And here we find it in this passage. These people all of a sudden they say, no, 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 no. It's a bad plan. It's a bad plan. That guy's all kinds of loose, man. I, I, you don't listen to him. He was smoking something over there. He was eating the grapes. Too many grapes. Don't listen to him. And you know what happened as a result? Some of you know. <laughs> what did they have to do for the next 40 years? They wandered around in the desert. And you know what happened to most of them? They died in the desert. You know why? Because words have the power of, say it with me, life or death. So be careful how you use them. See, I believe, I'm crazy enough to believe that my God is big enough to do whatever he wants with me or with Wellhouse. Do you believe that? See, then we have to talk like we believe that. I believe that God has something amazing in store. And far be it from me, far be it from me, far be it from you to stand in the way of that with my words. Words have the power of life and death. Be careful how you use them. Keep reading on. So they spread among the Israelites this bad report of the land that they explored. And they said, we explored the land and it devours those who are living in it. All the people there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. These are huge people. And we seem like grasshopper in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. We saw the challenges ahead, and it was like, not only do we not stand a fighting chance, we're laughable. This is never, ever, ever going to happen. The next chapter over, Joshua, who will wind up being the leader chastises them. He says, listen, listen, if God is calling us to do this, then let's do it. And what was the response of the people? Do you remember? They're like, let's just kill that guy. What happened was the challenge seemed so great that it made them bitter to somebody 
who would say, listen, we can mount up to this challenge. Because challenges can either make you bitter or better, but the choice is yours. Challenges can either make you bitter or better, and the choice is yours. Sometimes, some of you in the past, you have rose up against the challenge, and it was dreadful. It was hard. It was heartbreaking. And can we be honest with each other for a minute? It broke you. And you know it. And you've not been the same since. Because sometimes challenges can either make you bitter or better. And the choice, listen, this is the good news. The choice is yours. You get to choose your response to the challenges that happen to you. Do those things hurt? Oh, absolutely. Do, do those things stink in life? Oh, more than you would ever guess. But when you hit a challenge, you get to decide, listen, am I gonna allow this thing to make me bitter in life? And it's gonna be the stopping point to every conversation I have. It's gonna come back around to it. Or am I gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna allow it to refine me and make me better. Did I want that to happen? Absolutely not. Would I ask for it again? No way in the world. But will it make me a better person? Most definitely Wellhouse, listen, Wellhouse has had its fair share of challenges like every other church in the nation. But I'm telling you today, those challenges will not make us bitter people. It will make us better people for the future because God is gonna refine us in ways that we had never anticipated before to serve people we had never reached before. Sometimes we have to throw off those canoes and mount the horses and go up the hill to find the land that God has laid out for us. Are you with me? Come on now, don't sleep on me just yet. I'm, I'm giving it my best. Close your eyes for just a moment. But if you're real tired, don't fall asleep. I want you to think about you one year from now. What do you want you from one year from now to look like? Who do you want you from one year from now to be like? What kind of parent or grandparent? What kind of friend? What kind of Christian? What kind of employee? What kind of neighbor? What kind of spouse do you want to be? Now, just for a brief moment, okay? Not long. I want you to think about what interferes with that. Keep your eyes closed. What's interfering with that? What are the obstacles that lay in the way of that? What's the, what's the huge mountain you see on the horizon? You're like, that's the most horrible thing. What is it? Now I want you to hear these words. Don't allow what you see right now to interfere with what God has planned for you later. 
Don't allow what God, or what you see right now to interfere with what God has planned for you later. See, here's the story. Listen, there's a story that we have with, with the 12 spies. They're sent off to this land of Canaan. What, what does God tell them initially? Come on, shout it out if you know. What does God tell them even before they go? Come on. This is your land. I'm with you. I prepared it long in advance. He had something laid out for them. They went and they saw some things, right, with their own eyes. And then they were like, we can't do it. Because what we see right now looks scary. It, it seems like it is not going to work. Can I tell you a secret if you promise not to tell anybody else? Some of y'all laughing like you can't keep a secret. All right, I'm going to tell you, it's real. Every time I walk into a gym, it makes me intimidated as heck. You want to know why? Because what I see in the mirror doesn't look like what I see in the gym. You there? You got that place in your life? Maybe it's not the gym. Maybe it's another couple and you hang around them and you're like, man, I, my marriage is not like their marriage. You hang around their family, you're like, my, my family is not like their family. You hang around their home and you're like, man, my home is not like their home. My finances are not like their finances. My life is not like their life. And so you quit before you even get started. Have you been there before? Come on. I must be the only one. Don't allow what you see right now to interfere with what God has planned out for you. Is there a mountain range in the way? Oh, sure there is. But God, but God can see you through that. He's faithful. He's been faithful before. And he's going to be faithful again. He wants to see how you're going to be faithful in his faithfulness. So what does that lead us to? I mentioned a couple weeks ago that Wellhouse is adopting this idea of being a place for good. It comes out of Psalm 37, verse 3. It says, listen to this, trust God. Say that with me, trust God. Man, what would change in your life if you would just do that? Just trust him. He's been there before. He'll be there again. Trust God in. And it says, trust God in. Do good. Say that with me. Do good. Come on, this time with a little bit of like passion. <laughs> Don't leave me out there like that. That's not nice. Do good. Say it with me. Do good. There you go. There you go. Do good. And so we said, listen, we want Wellhouse to be a place where we do good. But in order to do good, we got to do what? Trust God, if we're going to be a place for good, then we have to be it. Meaning you are a place for good wherever you go. The place that drives you crazy along with the place that you enjoy, you're going to be a place for good. We're going to build it. I know many of you have been waiting for that permanent home for Wellhouse. And listen, we're going to step out in faith and we believe that even though there may be mountains in the way, 
that as we step out in faith, God will help us build it, and then we're going to expand it. That it's not just about the wellhouse name, but we're expanding this idea of trusting God and then just doing good. And so this is the launching part. Next week, I want to invite you back. We have a new series kicking off next week. It's, it's called Won't You Be My Neighbor. You remember that guy who changed his shoes and his sweaters? You grew up with him too? Perfect. Next week, we're going to, uh, starting next week for the whole month of February, we're going to be having in different kinds of people from our community to talk about how they see ministry and how they experience being a neighbor to the people around them. And so I want to introduce you um, really quickly in this, in this short video to who we have coming in next week. So join us next week uh, for this new series, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Tom and Michelle are going to be here next week, and uh, they're right in the heart of Nashville. 17 years ago, you're going to think this is a huge organization. It is not. <laughs> it is their home. And they decided just uh, 17 years ago that they were just going to open up their door. Um, Michelle will tell you, she, just, she sat outside with, like, popsicles, and she saw kids walking down the street. She's like, do you want a popsicle? 150 kids now show up at their doorstep. And this family ministers to them. See, here's what happens when you trust God. You can do good immeasurably more than what you'd ever believe or imagine. Church, that's for you. That's for you. Are you ready to live into it? Here's the, here's the crazy thing. There is a God who sent his one and only son to die for you. I mean, there was an impossible way to get to God. There was so much of, of my sin and your sin away. It could have never happened. But God sent his only son. And we get to today gather around tables to remember the way in which God loved us so we can love other people. And so I'm going to dismiss you here in just a second. Ben, if you come on up. And we're going to get the chance to gather around a table. And I love it if you just grab somebody. Don't take it alone. It's meant to be community. And you grab somebody around the table. You pray with them and remember what Christ has done for you. Would you pray with me? Father of all love and grace and truth, we are so very grateful for you. We're grateful for the way in which you have called us to trust you with the small things and the big things because you're big enough. And God, help us to remember to be a people who does good. We don't just talk about it. We don't just read about it. But we do it because you did it first and you did it best. And so God, as we gather around these tables, man, we do so as a community who belongs. Everybody belongs here. The homeless, the hopeless, the outcast, the rich, the wealthy, we gather around as your children. And we all take hope in you. We do so blessing one another, praying for one another, lifting one another up, encouraging one another in this walk because that's what you've called us to do. And we do so becoming more of you in our life and less of us. So bless us at this table time. It's in your name that we pray, amen.
you're blessed, uh, you're able to go to the back uh, tables and be blessed.